0: spine, and sprocket. The book to
1: read is not the one that thinks for you, but the one which makes you think.
0: A classic is a book that is never finished saying what it has to say.
2: No two persons ever read the same book.
0: That is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. Hi everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Sprine Ooh, Sprine and Sprocket. (laughs) Edit that out, eh? Dave. Sprine and and Sprocket. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. I'm Dennis. Dennis is joining us again for another wonderful episode about Planet of the Apes. This time about the book. If you haven't read now, the book, read the book. Isn't this a back. novel? It's a novel, but it comes in a book form. Okay, it's not rem- in
2: scrolls. <laughs> you must not remember. Last time I misused the word novel multiple times.
0: Well, I don't know if you were talking about fiction, maybe or nonfiction. No, I was but talking this about nonfiction.
2: I was calling it novels, and you guys were making oh, fun yeah. of me. Okay. Yeah, novelist fiction. I'm glad you forgot about making fun of me. Chief. Yeah, I didn't mean to make fun of you, Dave. That's not appropriate. But hey, what's in the news lately, Dennis?
1: Uh, the Cubs happen to be the World Champions at the moment.
0: That is correct. <laughs> and for the next year, they will be the champ- World Champions. Enjoy it while you can, Cub fans. It's, it's a pretty big will. deal. I mean, it's. Uh, did you guys watch the game?
1: Most of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you have to
2: just tell about Bridget. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, my my wife will not watch playoff games with the Cubs because she has uh, a running friendship with several of the Cubs, both current uh, and deceased. She was Ah. good friends with Jose Cardinal and Ron Santo, and she's been to Randy Hundley's baseball camp and played baseball herself in a women's league, including a game at Cellular Field in Chicago before a Sox game. Yeah. Uh, So she's an avid baseball fan and cannot take the pressure as she has gone up in years of playoff games. So she will go and have me tape them on a a hard drive.
0: That's a good idea. And
1: go and watch them later if the Cubs win. Yeah. So we wound up watching the entire game today
0: ah, after that's a good the way to, win. That's actually a very good way to and do it, I the, think.
1: And the tip-off to the win was the fireworks that went off in yeah. the neighborhood last yeah. night. Yep. That's when she told me I could turn the game on.
2: <laughs> she must have been greatly relieved. And she's we you know she's a huge Cubs fan. Yeah. Right? No, I, d- I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. At her age, not that she's old, but waiting that long of a lifetime. She's more near to the end of her lifetime than the beginning of her lifetime, which I am, too. Yes. But Bridget's older than I. I'm not. You're not. No.
0: I'll be
2: 60 in a couple of months. What did and, you do for the game,
0: sir? Um, we didn't watch. We don't watch sports. Mm-hmm. But um, we were excited. We couldn't help but be a little bit excited. Did you and track it
2: once in a while we, or
0: something? We tracked it. I would ask my phone once in a while, what's the, the score <laughs> on the Cubs game? And the, and the phone would tell me. And then um, it was about, we were watching a movie or something. We were watching Interstellar last night, actually. And it got to be around uh, 10 o'clock or something like that. And I asked my phone, what's the score of the Cubs game? And it said the Cubs and the uh, Cleveland Indians are tied at 6-6 in the ninth inning. And I thought, oh, man. (laughs) And my wife said, I'm going to bed. So she went to bed. I stayed up a bit longer. And I couldn't help it. I kept checking. And when they won, it was a big deal.
2: It was a big deal,
0: even for somebody that's not a sports fan.
2: It was. Yeah, and I'm the guy who likes to take Laura out. I'm like Laura because we don't watch the baseball really. It is so slow. At some point, I'm, I'm always like, if that pitcher turns to that first baseman again and th- tries to throw that guy out, I am gonna scream. It's like somebody fix this game. Yeah. yeah. How did it become this? You know. Well, it's they, I, I, well different. Now I'm really digressing, but you shouldn't let the batter leave the batter's box. You yeah. the pitcher should have to throw it within like ten seconds. I mean,
1: <laughs> and you should let them run twenty commercials between half innings, between pitches. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, I'm wanting to follow history, and I would tell Laura, "Hey, we got to go out to a bar and don't even have to drink. I'll get Diet Coke and you can get a tea, and we'll get some." potato skins but be with the fans cheering it's really great fun yeah, you know yeah and so we did that last year for a playoff game it was great fun this year i said let's go out sadly it was one zero playoff loss and we sat through four of the boringest innings of depressed cubs fans sitting around us not cheering at all because there's just nothing happening for four innings I said all right let's go home so then she got called into india called into india to go to the delhi did you know she's in india right now your no. wife is in India. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They called and said she had done this um, Delhi Bible Institute teaching stuff and out there with the team a half a year ago, was it? A year. Yeah. yeah. And then they called and said we had a cancellation. We have another seminar. Can you send a speaker? We'll pay for their airfare. And so, she said, let's go. Can I go? I'm like, I can't stop the call, you know. And you, you, you go. So she's gone. Aaron's home. I. So I thought, well. My coworkers were meeting at someone's house. I thought I might go out by myself to be amongst cheering fans. I stayed home because Aaron was home. Flipping between son. My son. Flipping between news and the game. And uh, and also then 6-6. Six to six, And then I'm like, oh, rain. looked like rain. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is oh. going to be like that White Sox win in 05, was it? When it went until 1-3 in the morning or something. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And extra innings could go forever. Uh, you know, I think that one went 12, in- 13 innings. I don't mm, know what. Mm. And I thought, I can't do it. I should just go on to bed. And I'm snuggling in my bed with a cool breeze blowing. I had my little fan, window fan on, and I got the nice cool breeze. Perfect sleeping weather last night. And I must have fallen asleep because within minutes of, of getting up there and to bed, I hear dush, 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 as all the fireworks start to go, yeah. crack- firecrackers down the yeah. street. And I'm like, oh. They must have won. That's so wonderful, and especially for all my Cub fan friends. And yeah, and then I could just snuggle back right. To sleep. <laughs> Am I old? <laughs>
0: to me, that was I, you enjoyable. Know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of a weird thing. It's a it's a bittersweet thing because there is something that's sort of cozy and familiar. And attractive about being good losers—the good losers that we've been uh-huh. for a uh, years, 108 years. Mm-hmm. and eight,
2: hundred and eight years—and
0: I think Bill Murray mentioned something about that too, and um, in an interview today, he said, "You know, it's—it was kind of fun. We kind of liked being the good losers <laughs> all these years, and now it's." we hope we're the he says i hope we're the good winners and there was not a lot of violence around the city at all last night yeah which was nice they didn't Wonderful. turn over police cars and stuff like that which they often do in detroit
1: that was my one grateful
0: alienate people from detroit but <laughs> it happens a lot in detroit
1: <laughs> uh, but it was it was nice that they they yeah. went away from chicago because the yeah, police have had an
0: awful lot of
1: work there was a lot of talk today because they haven't set a date for the parade. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, did they Is set it for set, tomorrow? Yes, yes. Because the police were lobbying for it to occur on Monday so that they could have a little time off after all the extra hours oh, they've yeah. been putting in around Wrigley and the surrounding area uh before the parade would happen.
2: Yeah, it's set for tomorrow. Reason being, Jeff, I sent you a copy of the Yeah, email. it's funny. Dave Dave's Dave's <laughs> boss who's a at uh, school. teacher yeah
0: and he said uh please don't please don't take the day off tomorrow please please don't everybody reason, wants to reason
2: being they had all the calls into the, the sub line it's a computerized thing now you have to go online and just put in all your information to be out sick so you can get a substitute because this isn't like the rest of the jobs in the world where if you don't show up it's okay this is like school. You ha- Someone has to be in the classroom with these two. Yeah, right. You
0: can't just leave the kids to their
2: own devices. Yeah. No offense to everyone else in the world who I just insulted. Yeah. <laughs> but so there's the short 39 subs for tomorrow already. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> right?
0: You said 39. I could
1: probably sub. I could sub. You guys should show up tomorrow. See, yeah, in the parochial
2: system, I never
1: had a substitution list to work from that way it was like one of the other teachers had, <laughs> had to, to cover oh, and use their it.
2: free time and that's what he's saying we're going to have to do internal coverage that isn't going to work and remember people you're supposed to have a 48 hour approval time span for a personal day because <laughs> everyone's you know it's a personal day i, I this is important historically I'm, I'm i want the day off you know there's uh, going to be three million people downtown tomorrow it's going to be chicago it's going to be huge yeah I mean, it's
0: going to be bigger than the Hawks yeah. winning
2: I was Stanley gonna, Cup. I was going to email the superintendent back and say, how about canceling school tomorrow? <laughs> now there's an idea. Yeah.
1: How many students do you think are going to take the oh, yeah, your day right. off right. tomorrow? Probably
2: 10%, I bet. Because wow. not all the kids watched even. But, yeah, there's 10% fanatics. But it's a
1: Ferris Bueller day. That's I mean, true, too.
2: Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. So Very big deal in the city. You're going to be at work.
2: So I'm maybe. going into work.
0: And I'll, I'll be here at the home office. Like and I'm good, retired.
2: I'm going boy. to watch it on yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, so you should be going down with bridge
0: tomorrow. I would, you wouldn't catch me down there. That's just... My kids went down for the, the Hawks when the Hawks won, and there were a you know, million and a half or two million people down there for, for that, and they said it was terrifying.
2: Oh, terrifying.
0: Yeah. It's too many people.
2: It is, and they don't know how to
0: control them, and you're, you know, you're in a sea of people, and, and you, you, you don't you don't have anywhere to go. It's, and it's not apes, it's people. <laughs> it's <laughs> so trying as, to keep us we on digress, topic here. yeah, we but, digress. But I would say now. one
2: last thing about sports. My generation has been lucky enough to witness uh, Super Bowl eighty-five. Yeah, two White Sox championships. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cubs six, wasn't it six Chicago Bulls? Yeah, yeah, I think six. I think it was three, and then a drought, and then. Repeat three, yeah. repeat. Um and the now the Hawks, Blackhawks, yeah, Hawks have had a couple, have won three, wasn't it? Yeah. it been three, couple mm-hmm. three, a, a couple three. three. <laughs> anyway, the circle is now complete. I don't count the Chicago Fire, or the soccer, That's. no No offense
1: offense. the wolves have won in (laughs) hockey too as well as the blackhawks oh
2: we love the wolves don't we because that's the cheaper one you can get to closer at home yeah (laughs) you don't have to go downtown and pay a lot of money
1: i have relatives in the training area for the wolves there you go
2: well tonight the point of our gatherings yes
0: we're going to be talking about planet of the apes the book did you know it was a book
2: I did because, of course, like you, it was. I a had book. to read it in the seventies when yeah. it was reissued
0: or something because the film came out. Or... It was a book before the movie, and it was a book upon which the movie was created, and written by Pierre Boulle, Who a wrote. French author. Bridge of River Kwai. Yep, another great film, and other books with French names like je, les, les jeux sont faits, les bleus les flous, les sacrés bleus, je t'aime, j'ai vu. Yes. Le Long Night in Paris and other other books. We oui, that's and my favorite. Is this uh <laughs> Dave, do you know yeah. what the what what was the original title of this? Well
2: it was Monkey Planet. <laughs> really? Monkey Planet. That's the French Pierre Boules. Monkey yeah. Planet. And I guess maybe the translation, yeah, once the I think that was before it was made into the film. The book dated to what well, is it 1963? Uh, 4 okay 63 64. Yeah. yeah. So very soon made into a film. Yeah. And it opens with Are we there now or you got more? Yeah, we're there. We're ready to go. Jen and Phyllis spending a wonderful holiday in space as far away from possible from the inhabited stars.
0: Yeah, and I thought this was an interesting opening. And I wasn't sure why he did this, but maybe a, as we're going
2: to discuss this throughout. Um, they find an object as they float through space on their little vacation or honeymoon.
0: Yeah, they're in, a, they're in a ship, and they go to some great length to describe the ship and how it works, and how it works on light pressure. It has these gigantic sails that open up, and it, and it, and it sails around the stars using the pressure of light.
1: So it's solar
0: wind. It's solar wind power. Oh. So which which has some fiction, scientific man. fact? Yeah, it. Well, That's why it they is. get into
2: all that kind of stuff? A L- little bit. Not as much as other. science
0: as, as I read it, though, I kept thinking this is more like a. It it's got some scientific basis to it, but it it read to me more like a fable, like it was a fairy tale or something like that, or a fable. Yeah, that, that's that's the word that kept popping huh. into my head. Yeah, that's but interesting. other words pop into my head like butts and cornfields. <laughs> well, and if you don't
2: know what that's about, read uh, see, listen to the previous episode. <laughs> so they they find this bottle and then it's a note or a or a book or a letter and yeah, oh they find read a manuscript it, read in it, the darling. darling, and then this part where you know it's um. I'm confiding this manuscript to space, not with the intention of saving myself, but to help others perhaps avert the scourge that's menacing the human race. Lord, have pity on us. And then Phyllis says, The human race, you know, and that's where you start to get the hint that how could a human race write down stuff? Yeah. Because, of course, they're apes. Is that? And spoiler I think- alert.
0: So do we know they are apes? We don't
2: know the. are apes. I started to know it once, she's saying the human race. You know where I noticed it?
0: Was where? when it said... Scratch my little furry chin, dear. <laughs> yeah, and hand me a banana. <laughs> um, when it says, "gin," break it open. Hurry up. Phyllis begged... Uh, wait, let me read that again. Jin, mm-hmm. break it open. Hurry up. Phyllis begged pawing the ground oh she was pawing the ground yeah and so i thought wow this is this is kind of a that's
2: a little bit of a giveaway and then i as they're going it says what you must realize is that while we're moving at the speed our time diverges perceptibly from time on earth the divergence being greater the faster we move at this moment we since we started the conversation now what about space time travel is that yeah, and actually this does work because of uh, being a scientist. This guy, famous scientist, and...
1: Einstein? Yeah,
2: yeah, that guy. <laughs> right? I saw a display at a museum where I understood the theory of relativity and all his stuff. Yeah. They showed it so well yeah. that even a person as stupid as I am understood it. Yeah. And now I can't remember it, but they showed how like it it, it warps and if you go here, there's time is movement and can you can either of you explain that to me in simple terms again?
0: Um, yeah, but not so simple that you'd understand them. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I, obviously uh, Pierre has some knowledge about relativity and how that works and how how as you approach the speed of light, time for you as the person that's approaching the speed of light slows down relative to people who are... At, at at a standstill. Yeah, Dave's yawning. It's like, oh, <laughs> no,
1: what? Man, not from boredom. What? If you have two clocks or yeah. watches, yeah, one of which is placed on a train,
2: the, huh? and, and another
1: it, one which is standing still. The one on the train, as the train moves, will. Moves Move slower than the one which is stationary.
0: Yeah. Because? Because of well, there, the movement. There's, there's one thing you have to understand when you're thinking about relativity, and that is the speed of light is a constant, no matter your frame of reference. hmm So... If you're on a train traveling at close to the speed of light and you're on the train and you turn on a flashlight... Oh, it doesn't go out ahead of you. It goes out ahead of you at the speed of light.
2: Oh, even though it's traveling at the speed of light? When
0: you're on the train. Oh, okay. Even though you're traveling at close to the speed of light, you turn that flashlight on, it gets to the wall at the end of the train... You don't pass the the light? At the speed of light, no. Oh. Because it's relative. Oh, okay. And the speed of light, no matter what your frame of reference, is always constant. And so to a person outside of that frame of reference, as you're watching that train going by at the speed of light, it will appear to you, as the person outside that frame of reference, as if the light is going s- slower. But to the person on the train, the light is going at the speed of light. okay. And so, I think I get that. Yeah, so this is one of the thought experiments that Einstein came up with, and in talking about relativity. And so, Pierre obviously has some knowledge about this, and talks about it. But honestly, does it have anything to do with the book?
2: Yeah, because they're going to time travel <clears throat> on Earth. Because in the book, they are back on Earth in the future. Oh, they go back on Earth on the future. Yes, yeah, at the, the end, end of the book. book. That's and right. There's okay. not the de- nuclear destruction. Okay, but, right.
0: Yeah. So the 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 main character is uh, Ulysses. Ulysses. Ulysses Miro. Mirou, Mirou, yes. and he is they're French. Which and I thought when I first thought saw that I thought how can that be? Americans are Americans do space not French. <laughs> We don't want to offend anybody <laughs> in France that might be listening to this podcast.
1: And who might have access to a rocket.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, I thought this first part was really interesting because I, I was wondering, it, it kind of reminded me of H.G. Uh, Wells from the Earth to the Moon, where you've got this huge thing, a spaceship that's going to another planet at the speed of light. And they shoot and it out it's, of a and gun. It's, and it's three guys. Oh. It's this professor, this professor who's invented the whole thing. Yeah. There's a journalist. Antel, and Levain is the guy. other guy. And the other guy, Levain, who's a physician. And so, yeah. It just kind of reminded me of that old-time kind of science concept? fiction thing. Yeah. They
2: didn't shoot him out of a big gun, which they did in the movie, no, Trip to the true. Moon by George Millet. the science fiction classic. Right, which oh. was
0: based on the Jules Verne that.
2: novel yes trip to the moon so they land they they they're they're alone like in the movie they
0: oh and they had one more they had one more company uh one more person uh, was on what not one more person no but they had four beans on the ship
2: no did they hector the oh the chimpanzee The chimpanzee yeah they travel with the ape yeah right which when they when they see um nova so they, they encounter the humans what was the first time in that again
0: well, let's go back. So they travel. They're they're traveling to the star Betelgeuse, which is three hundred light years away, something like that. Three hundred light years, Betelgeuse.
1: Don't say it two more times.
0: Beetleju- Betel- yeah. What happens? Betelgeuse. Yeah. There we go. Betelgeuse. They decide to travel there because why not? It's as because of relativity. It's as close as anything else, really. Mm-hmm. So they decide to go there. So they go to Beetlejuice, and then they take a launch, and they go down to the planet that they find there. They see the woman. And, yeah, they immediately, they land, they find a nice uh, spring. They find an Earth-like atmosphere that they can breathe, which is very handy. Mm-hmm. No problem there. So they go out and they start to explore a little bit. And they jump in the water and they're swimming around. And then, I mean, and this is a great trip. Because then, what do they see? A naked lady. Uh-huh. I'm and
1: confused. They, um, is, I I freely admit that I have not read the book. Uh-huh. But when it comes to apes swimming?
2: No. Chimpanzee did not swim with them. No, Hector. Hector
0: did not swim.
1: Okay, because so these I, are yeah. I didn't are, think any apes could swim.
0: No, these are. This is uh, the professor and the narrator, and the other human that's on oh, the ship. They're okay. swimming around, and they they suddenly look up in this idyllic location. They look up and they see this beautiful what page woman, is that on? and she's naked. She's not
2: wearing any clothing. Uh huh. Would you have that page? It's a little bit exciting. I gotta tell you, <laughs> That's what I was going to actually confess. When I was young, and I read that, it was really like the. I think the first time I had read anything saying breasts. Can I say that on the
0: show? You can't say breasts on this show. <laughs> we can't say butts or breasts.
2: Oh, on this so show. yeah, it was. It was well, and he describes it rather. Did you have the page? Uh,
0: yeah. Hold on. First they see her foot, and then they look up, and they see her standing. I saw a woman just above us, perched on a rocky ledge, from which the cascade fell. I shall never forget the impression her appearance made on me. I held my breath at the marvelous beauty of this creature from Soror, they, they had named this planet Soror, who revealed revealed herself to us dripping with spray, illuminated by the blood-red beams of juice. It was a woman, a young girl, rather, unless it was a goddess. She boldly asserted her femininity in the light of this monstrous sun, completely naked and without any ornamentation, other than her hair which hung down to her shoulders. True, we had been deprived of any point of comparison for over two years, but none of us was inclined to fall victim to mirages. It was plain to see that a woman who stood, with mo- stood motionless on the ledge like a statue on a pedestal, possessed the most perfect body that could be conceived on earth. <sighs> Levain and, and I were breathless, breathless lost, lost in, in admiration. And I think even Professor Antel was moving. Now,
2: if even Professor Antel was moving. Even moved, the old man. And that says something about her. Now, yeah, is that a little sexist for the modern age here? Or is that no. One? I remember that as a kid. That is not sexist. Absolutely true. That is, that is, Admiration, ana- that is beauty animal or? anatomy. It's just <laughs> so, the way the world so, works. Because no. we'll skip the rest of the reading, Jeff, keep it appropriate for Should children.
0: Should we? Yeah. <laughs> children are not going to be listening to this. Send your children to bed. She was standing upright, leaning forwards, her thrust out toward us. Her arms raised. So what?
2: <laughs> it still held a little <laughs> magic even as an adult. It as still As it did does. when I was 14 yeah. and read that cause for the first time as a young man. But go to page 34. Oh, well, I have different pages than you. Yeah, you um, do. Let me see. Wait a minute. Uh, Where Hector... Out toward stop, us. stop it. Oh. Where Hector...
0: The Hector the chimpanzee who is the uh-huh. companion. So,
2: right... Um, what does she do when Hector comes by she she sees the ape she hides and as Hector the chimpanzee Dennis walks by her guess what happens I <laughs> know you never could her breast <laughs> thrust out stop yeah, it then. I'm going to okay. edit this out no you can't
0: <laughs>
1: I'm trying to decide which of these two
0: paperbacks are better thumbed. For yeah, I think this section one, of The reading. My, I just <laughs> keep going back to page 23 and
2: <laughs> Where stop it. And as he passed by without noticing her, she sprang out, her body twinged like a bow, she seized him by the throat and closed her hands around his neck, yeah. holding the poor creature firmly between her thighs. She her attack was so swift, we did not even have time to intervene. The monkey hardly struggled, he stiffened and fell dead. When she let go of him. Yeah. This gorgeous creature in a romantic flight of fancy. I had christened her Nova. So Jeff, that's like you, flight of fancy. Yeah, flight of and fancy. And had strangled a harmless pet with her own hands. Yeah.
1: That, it Nova. sounds like she's a cross between Sheena and Red Sonia. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But now, yeah, shocking. Well, of course, because, you know, but she hates apes, but... Jeff and I know a little more about chimpanzees and how strong they truly are. Oh, that's true. From our other podcast, where that woman's got her face ripped off by that chimpanzee. Yeah. Oh,
1: I remember reading oh, about that. Yeah, yes. My gosh, it's
2: horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. Because we used to have a chimp on our other podcast that would come into the studio. And once I heard that news item, I was ba- I banned him. We banned
0: him. He know he's no longer no, he's no things, longer welcome in we'll the studio. One We meet him at the bar, but he's not coming to the studio. <laughs> No, well, I
1: don't. He can't go to the bar anymore because they don't allow smoking,
2: right?
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, man, he's so bummed out about that. He's got to stay in fifteen feet from the entrance of the restaurant. But
2: I, I remember when I was a kid, I read the chimpanzee thing. Um, the woman that that works with the chimps, Jane Goodall. Yeah, Jane Goodall. Her yeah. book that was so moving for me about to learn about real chimps' lives and stuff and their relationships. Yeah, the one chimps' moms, uh, the baby died. And she carried the body around for, like, days. Yeah. You know, couldn't quite part with it. Uh, Wow, really moving. She discovered they used tools, you know, and all the things they did. They killed other apes from outside of the tribe. They killed baboons to eat them, their brains they loved, particularly. Did you know this about chimps? No. You got to read Jane Goodall in The Shadow of Man. I probably read that soon after I was reading these. And um, my point being, those chimps are tough, man. (laughs) Yeah, and the one in the newspaper too. One guy berserk in a in a room, and he was grabbing typewriters with like the flick of his fingers, for like picking up these heavy iron, old fashioned typewriters, oh cast iron, hurling iron. them across the room. Yeah, it takes strong. you two arms to they're pick strong. one up, right? Yeah, and this thing is just grabbing it and just tossing it, and it flies across the room through the wall. I mean, those things are strong. Yeah, so so what's up with that Nova taking one down? Well.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I, I didn't know where you were going with that. But that's a good point. She does take this this chimp and strangles it.
1: Yeah. Using her
0: thighs.
2: To hold it while she used her hands to strangle it. Yeah. Probably couldn't be done. Maybe Hector was like a baby chimp.
0: But maybe she's been working out. You know, <laughs> she sounds like pretty. she's been pretty buff. She's been at the L.A. Fitness or something. Sheena or Red Sony. Beetlejuice Fitness. She's on the Life uh, subscription.
2: So, we travel along, and they are with the humans, they're eating fruit, uh, as I recall. Yeah, they find other
0: humans uh, besides Nova, they kind of scamper around, and they're, they're, these are humans who are obviously very, he goes to great lengths to talk about how when he looks in their eyes, there's nothing there, there's no recognition yes, of intelligence, they they're the head, very they, blank, Yeah, like, like he's looking at an animal. Yeah, Instead he does a nice a, job of a, setting a, that up. A
2: sentient being. Yeah, he he tries smiling and scares them. Yeah, like they don't know what a smile is, right?
1: So they're working completely on instinct.
2: Yes, yes,
0: they're obviously just stupid animals.
2: Yeah, and they do eat um, beasts. Because here's a family eating at the foot of a tree; they were pulling to pieces a fairly large animal resembling a deer with their nails and teeth, raw meat, and then like Nova moves to offer them food and then does the hunt start?
0: Yes. And then the hunt begins. So they and they spend a couple of days I think with these kind of like proto humans. Which is um, You know, it's one of those things. I guess when you read science fiction, there there's a couple of different kinds of science fiction This is science fiction with some fantasy in it. They go all the way, they go to all the trouble to build this spaceship, they travel 300 light years to Betelgeuse, they find an Earth-like planet, they go down there and what do they find? Humans! There you go. How about that? It's just coinciding. What a coincidence.
1: (laughs) There goes the neighborhood.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess you just have to like science fiction in those days, but you know, it it takes me back to what is the book about, mm-hmm. and it's it's not really in a way it's not really science fiction. It's more of an well, it is it is that, but it's also a allegory. Would you call it an uh, allegorical? Yes. Kind of like
2: that about yeah. about mankind, and yeah, a bit of a fable, evolution. as I said before, yeah,
0: and and just talking about. Um, base human instinct and what separates us from animals. Yes, it's, it's, it's a lot about that too. Yeah. There's actually, there there are a lot of different themes going on, I think, within the book. So that's one of the ones that we, we think about is what separates us from the animals and how different are we from the animals here he finds this absolutely beautiful woman that he cannot relate to cannot on, love. on any kind of intellectual level. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, he's still attracted to her because she is so physically outstandingly beautiful. And I would like to just focus on that for a few more minutes. <laughs> I, no. On my own. No. Yes, you would I mean, silently... I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to...
2: <laughs> you're uh, going to I'm going to show you what the hunt was like in okay. this novel. Ready? Go. The elders of the tribe appeared to make a decision. They uttered a series of yelps, which were no doubt the signals or orders, then rushed off in the opposite direction from the noise. The rest of them followed, and we saw them galloping all around us like a driven herd of deer. Nova, too, was about to take to her heels, but she paused suddenly and turned around toward us. Above all, toward me, I felt. She uttered a plaintive whimper, which I assumed to be an invitation to follow her, then took one leap and disappeared. The din grew louder, and I fancied I heard the undergrowth snapping as though beneath some heavy footsteps. I admit that I lost my composure. Caution prompted me, however, to stay where I was and to face the newcomers, who, it became clearer every second, were uttering these human cries. But after my ordeal the day before, this horrible racket unnerved me. I was infected by the terror of Nova and the others. I did not pause to think. I did not even wait to consult my companions. I plunged into the undergrowth and took to my heels in the young girl's footsteps. I ran as fast as I could for several hundred yards without being able to catch up with her, and then noticed that Levain alone had followed me. Professor Antel's age precluding such rapid flight, Levain was panting beside me. We looked at each other, ashamed of our behavior, and I was about to suggest going back, or at least waiting for our leader, when some other noises made us jump in alarm. As to these, I could not be mistaken. They were gunshots, echoing through the jungle. one two, several more, at irregular intervals, sometimes one at a time, and others two consecutive shots. They were firing in front of us on the path taken by the fugitives. While we paused, the line from which the first dint had come, the line of Peters, drew closer, very close to us, sowing panic in us once again.
0: That was a pretty exciting scene. As the chase goes. Yeah.
2: I, I thought it was, yeah,
0: actually fairly uh, detailed. And, you know, I, I think uh, for people that are reading this book for the first time that have not read it before, and it is worth reading because I think the language and everything is really good in it. And it it's a slight departure from the movie. But it's hard to separate the book from the movie because the movie was so huge. And that's probably where... 90% of the people have learned about the plan of the Apes is from the movie. Um, so it's it's hard to separate the two, but it, I think it's good to keep the two in... They also represent a little bit of a contrast. And what's really what really comes out here is the... I think what Pierre Boulle keeps coming up with is this sort of... Uh, a way of pulling us out and looking down at ourselves as animals, as a species. We're you know, we think of ourselves as different from animals, and yet we are at our base animals in the way we are, the way we act and all the things we do. We're just animals with clothes. I I sometimes bring this up to my wife Robin when we're
2: out. You did I'll that say, with me. <laughs> At Gen Con. Oh, did I?
0: I said, yeah. Look oh, at did those.
2: I? Look at the people. Don't they look like monkeys in clothing? We're
0: just like apes with clothing. Going right. around doing our kind of social things. We're yes, going back to
1: Forbidden Planet, the mindless primitive.
0: Oh, I, I haven't seen Forbidden Planet. <laughs> oh, we got to do Forbidden Planet on a, on a future episode. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but I,
2: of course, I, I believe we're separated from the animals. Yes. On a spiritual level. Right. And created for a different purpose, but right. but you know us silly religious people.
0: Yes, and I'm more of the scientist who just looks at us like uh, like animals who happen to have a level of consciousness above the other animals, and that it comes up a lot. It makes me think a lot as I read the book, more so than seeing the movie. Yes, it makes me think about how we are different from animals and how we are the same. As animals, yeah, and mm. I
2: think part part of that. So should we jump to like he's captured, obviously, yeah. The the hunting, the the the, the aftermath of the hunt, like where the gorillas were smiling and taking the photographs in the movie, right? Uh, I noticed the women are all watching the hunt, the bodies come in, and yes. cutting off hair and pinning it to their hats, you know, right? That feather in your hat reference kind of thing, or beaver hat, um, which again he's getting at all those concepts that these creatures will behave similarly. Yes. Even little simians, are just at a higher level of, of, of intelligence. Right. Um, and so they had a lot of neat little things with that coming back in from the hunt. Uh, the Their clothing is different. They wear regular clothing in this book than the yeah. uniforms of the movie. Right. Which I thought the costumes were so cool in the movie. And so then he's basically into the... And again, it's so it's very very similar. Like you were saying, to, more to the movie than I remembered this as a kid. My memory of the book as a kid was they had a whole scene like in the stock market, mm. and I thought, oh, it's it's all more, uh, it's way different. But it's not way different.
0: No, it's really very similar.
2: So he gets captured, and you get into the Zira. Yes, and the doctors.
0: It it follows the movie actually pretty well. Yeah. Uh, other than some uh, other than it 's got a different feel to it, like I mentioned right where it 's got this this feeling like um well, at the risk of repeating myself, just noticing the difference between and the similarity between us and what we do as humans, the superior race on our planet, and what these apes are doing.
2: Yeah, and he's driven into the city, and he sees the apes in the regular clothing. He's put into the cages. Uh, Zira is there, and um,
0: you know, there's one thing. If I if I can, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, show off my knowledge, uh, my limited knowledge of biology, that bothered me throughout the read- this particular reading was that he keeps referring to, and I, maybe it's b- because of the translation, he keeps referring to these people as monkeys. He does on occasion. Well, he does very often talk about chimpanzees and orangutans and gorillas and gorillas. And he does use the word apes, but then he talks about monkeys. Now, if you know anything about biology, you know that monkeys are very different yeah, from apes. Yeah, that's not monkeys have tails. It's kind of insulting, and it's incorrect. It would be like me calling you an iguana which is more
2: correct than calling these apes monkeys. Yes, right. I think so, too.
0: May
1: I query as to when the book was written?
2: 63.
1: 1963. Hmm. And, and the gentleman who wrote it was not an American. He, he was, was a French. Frenchman? Uh. Was their educational system?
2: Uh no, no. I think it's just a speed? translation issue, don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, uh, I think okay. uh,
0: it's it's possibly a translation issue. They, he certainly has uh, at a number of places told the reader, notified the reader that he knows about things like relativity, and he knows about evolution, and he's very well versed in the sciences. Uh, then so it, I don't think it probably he's was that some mistake. sort of
1: translational
0: error. Yeah, possibly. Like there's no other way of of bringing that across. But
2: yeah, and his going to the to the plot. No, but that's a, that's an interesting point. But uh, so Nova's in the in the um, cells. He's in the cells. Yeah, the zoo. He's not wounded, right? So they're bringing him his food. His first time, he's going to speak he he looks him in the eye and puts his hand on his chest and gives a bow yeah
0: and they all look startled because he wants to demonstrate that he's a, a sentient being
2: yeah right right and then he speaks for the first time right and it's it's so it's different than the film in which he can't speak and you get all this um trying to communicate concepts so his first speaking is like this It was soon my turn. While one of the gorilla's mounted guard, the other entered my cage and placed in front of me a bowl containing some mash, a little fruit, and a bucket. I decided to do all I could to establish contact with these apes who seemed to be the only rational and civilized beings on the planet. The one who brought my food did not look unpleasant. Observing my tranquility, he even gave me a friendly tap on the shoulder. I looked him straight in the eye, then, putting my hand on my chest, gave a ceremonious bow. I saw intense surprise on his face as I raised my head again. I then smiled at him, putting all my heart into this gesture. He was just about to leave dumbfounded. He stopped short and uttered an exclamation. At last, I had succeeded in attracting attention to myself. Wishing to reinforce this success by showing all my abilities, I uttered, rather stupidly, the first phrase that came into my head. How do you do? I am a man from Earth. I've had a long journey. The meaning was unimportant. I only needed to speak in order to reveal my true nature to him. I had certainly achieved my aim, never before had such stupefaction been seen on an ape's face. He stood breathless and gaping, and so did his companion. They both started talking together in an undertone, but the result was not what I had hoped for. After peering at me suspiciously, the gorilla briskly drew back and stepped out of the cave, which he closed behind him with even greater care than before. The two apes then looked at each other for a moment and began roaring with laughter. I must have represented a truly unique phenomenon, for they could not stop making merry at my expense. Tears were screaming down their faces, and one of them had to put down the bowl he was holding to take out his handkerchief.
0: Yeah, so that's... Now, come on,
2: that's a great moment. That's a great moment. Is that what you expected? Um, no. they' just... You're no, right. because they're just going to look at him and could, totally disbelieve it. Yeah. So then it simply becomes absurd. Yeah. <laughs> and all they can do is start laughing, like Adam. Like, oh my gosh, did you see what that stupid human just did? Yeah. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I, I thought that was marvelous. Yeah, and I, I,
0: I obviously we're we're coming to the book after seeing the movie and being very familiar with the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was a very very different scene because everybody didn't speak English or a common language-hmm mm, uh, our hero Ulysses spoke French and the Apes spoke their own language so I I like that
2: no I think they I thought they all spoke English zero speaks English or no they have to learn each other's languages yeah they have yeah, to right, learn each other's right, languages right, right. yeah so okay I forgot they so they don't so they, so the apes can't understand him. But he, he goes just, through these gestures. He's looking, how do you do? He's just looking so civilized. How do you do? Yeah, Fun. that he becomes hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, so I, I really like that, and it made me, more so even than the movie, made me think if I was in this situation, how would I demonstrate to these animals that I was intelligent? <laughs> right. Here I've been stripped of all my clothing, all of my utilities, except for that one, and. Uh, <laughs> I would be wondering, how, how would I tell them? And they don't speak my language. And they don't want to know that I'm intelligent. How would I demonstrate to them? If I had nothing, I, I didn't have a, anything to draw on or anything. Dennis, what would you do? Probably a little uh, soft shoe? I'm, no, I, I, I'm
1: I'm a poor choice because I'm a mathematics teacher. Oh, yeah, you are a poor and choice. And so I would go and give them something simple... Um, symbolically, like basic arithmetic, one plus one is two, or uh, give them something um, of a geometric nature that's recognizable, yeah, like a triangle and um, a circle and a cube or a square, uh, attempting to draw them with whatever tools or mechanisms I had ha- at hand.
0: Yeah, because your one plus one equals two might not mean anything to them because exactly. they don't recognize the symbols, but something like a geometric shape might.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the idea that mathematics is universal.
0: Yeah, which is what he eventually does, right? In the book, actually, he at some yeah. point he gets he gets Zira's notebook and shows her a triangle. Right. Yeah. So
2: before that, he, he's got um, <clears> that you know they're throwing a lump of sugar at one point, and I remember yeah how he was disappointed with that because he was yeah. doing some kind of trick like waving or something you know yeah. and then there's the n- next day they come in and they do the pavlov's dogs training yes on the humans which, right again you know is, is drawing that comparison between earthly things you know earthly way men treat animals and now yeah. the men are being treated like the animals right you know and so he, he grabs her book is that about where we're at
0: yeah her notebook and he draws
2: While stroking Zira's arm by way of expressing my thanks, I snatched away her notebook and fountain pen. I braved her gentle remonstrances, sat down on the straw, and started a drawing of Nova. I am a fairly good draftsman, and being inspired by the model, managed to turn out a reasonable likeness, which I then handed to the she-ape. This promptly reawakened her emotion and uncertainty about me. Her muzzle became red, and she peered at me closely, trembling slightly, since she made no further move, I again calmly seized her notebook, which this time she yielded to me without protest. Why had I not thought of the simple solution before? Mustering my school-day memories, I drew the geometrical figure illustrating the theorem of Pythagoras. It was not at random that I chose this proposition. I remembered reading in my youth a prophetic book in which such a procedure had been used by an old scientist to enter into communication with the spirits of another world. In any case, the effect it had on Zero was extraordinary. Her muzzle went purple, and she gave a sharp exclamation. She did not recover her composure until Zoram and Zanim came up, intrigued by her attitude. Then she reacted in a way that I found extremely odd. After darting a furtive glance at me, she carefully hid the drawing I had just completed. She spoke to the gorillas, who then left the hall and I realized she'd sent them off on some pretext or other. Then she turned back to me and took my hand, the pressure of her fingers having quite a different significance from when she flattered me like a young animal after a successful trick. Finally, she handed me the notebook and fountain pen with an air of entreaty.
0: So Dennis, you kind of nailed it the The mathematics might not have worked because she wouldn't have recognized the symbols, but the geometry worked oh okay. the pythagorean theorem mhm they worked.
1: i mean it, whatever kind of intelligent beings there are that exist that if they do any type of construction, they would have to have some sort of geometrical
2: knowledge, yeah. Yeah, and then, no, and then I like the way Zira gives him back the book. You know, oh, okay, now I understand there's something yeah. going on here. Yeah. Show me something else.
0: So it finally sinks in with Zira that he is more than just a uh, a very good mimic. Nevertheless, he's still sort of considered just, uh, he's not yeah. looked at as anything other than just a, an interesting anomaly. Yes. And they bring in Dr. Zaius and... Uh, Ulysses sort of watches Doctor Zayas and Zira talking about him. He doesn't know what they're saying, but he sees them talking about him, and and still kind of putting him through experiments and things like that. And they get him to a point where it it's really, I, I think, sort of the lowest point of his captivity, because they are they're observing him, and they want to observe the mating habits of, of him of humans. Mm-hmm. And you and liked so, that part, didn't you, Jeff? Well, actually, I did. Because they wanted to... Wa- actually, it was a little bit disgusting, though, too. Yes, because no, they wanted it, to watch and observe. Right, it was degrading. And, but they gave him Nova, which was good for him. But he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to participate in that. And he made that which, clear again, to them.
2: Which, gets that issue of what makes us not... For me, what makes us human yeah. versus animal. Yeah. Right.
0: And he didn't want to participate in that, and so they took her and they put her in another cage with a different human. They thought, okay, we'll put her with uh-huh. this other guy. And Ulysses made a big ruckus about that. that. Yeah. So they brought him back. Nova they brought back. her back to him, and he thought, okay, this is what I got to do. Yeah, I got to do. Yeah. Dog on it, and I'm gonna <laughs> do it. And I'm gonna do it. And he did it with zeal.
2: Well, the- no doubt. <laughs> the um. And then he's, he's walked around on a leash around this time, right? But yeah. they are still doing these very ex- ex- experiments. Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: And th- it, it's at that point that we go to part two of
2: I, the book. Is that where she's going to say, we have this plan now, how to do this? Where he has to do the speech?
0: Uh, that comes a, a little bit later. Okay, what you got? So in part two, finally, after listening to Zira speak... To the other captors that are that are holding Ulysses, he learns some words. He figures out what her name is and what their names are, and, and starts to pick up a little bit of the language and starts repeating that back to her. Oh, right. Zira! Finally, finally, it dawns on her. Wow, this is not just somebody who is extraordinary and imitating me. This is somebody perhaps with intelligence. Yeah, and we need to
2: convince everyone else of
0: this right now. Right. And she has some conversations apparently with with Doctor Zayas, but uh, or Zayas, Zayas. But she has. He's not having anything to do with it. He's he's rejecting it. He's pushing it off pretty strongly. Uh, there's a chapter here where the narrator Ulysses goes into some great length talking about the difference between between the orangutans, the chimpanzees, and the gorillas. And they have different social standings. So I thought this was, yeah. I was a little bit bored with that kind of um, exposition. Yeah, even though the book is only 172 pages long, I was bored for a couple of pages there.
1: (laughs) But the writer being French uh, might have been trying to reflect a little something more about the caste system, which was prevalent in Europe.
0: I think that's probably true. A caste system or a – it could have – I noticed myself thinking about it in a couple of different ways. A caste system certainly came up. Um, Different uh, political sort of parties came up for me and also maybe a racial thing. Yeah, I tend to think racial a little bit. and, and, And things like that came into play. And they had their different, but they had their different strengths, as Dave mentioned before. The chimpanzees had their strength. The gorillas were the sort of the muscle, the brawn class. The orangutans were their, the scientists. More, yeah. Yeah, more of the scientists. And the chimpanzees were more the free thinking. They were scientists and artists and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure how that fit into everything,
2: into the book. Yeah, maybe he's just trying to create a society that's more believable yeah. on some level. Or again, well, he's making some social commentary. He went through,
0: th- through some pains to talk about the entire planet. As, as, as Ulysses learned more about the planet he was on, and he did by getting books eventually from... Zira. From, uh, Zira. Zero. Zero. He learned that there were no... It was one big happy family. It's like there were no wars. There were no armies. They had a police force. But pretty much the entire planet
2: was this... More utopian?
0: Yeah, more utopian. And, and just this structure of the gorillas, the orangutans, and the chimpanzees. That was really the, the entirety of it, the complexity of it. And I, as I looked at that, I kept thinking... I kept trying to... To see how that was...
2: Uh, I'm thinking it's 1963. It's civil rights movement going strong. Yeah, you think? I, Just more racial? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
1: But uh, again, this, the writer is... French. French. Yeah. So they don't have the same racial situation going on. No. Although they, were they might more be... more
2: advanced. They were more than, advanced, but mm-hmm. he's aware of, of what's going on in America, too. Yeah.
0: We don't want to offend anybody in America.
2: <laughs> or France. Or
0: France. Well, we're saying the French are more advanced.
2: <laughs> and there's this interesting, too, a uh, little romance kind of gets going with Zira and the human. Romance? Yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I put my yeah. hand on her long, hairy paw. A shiver went down <laughs> her spine. I'm serious. Oh, wait, wait discerned a minute. i in her eyes a gleam Should of affection. Should I put affection. on some piano music? <laughs> no. We were both deeply moved and silent because he's making the emotional connection with Zira. He did. He and then the next line I, When she returned me to my cage, I rebuffed Nova, who was indulging in some sort of childish demonstration to welcome me back. There you go, Jeff, right? He likes the woman, human woman. Okay, now this was a little can't, odd. Uh, it's not odd. He's I'm having an emotional Something really attachment. freaky. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking too. I think it's it's. But you're you have these desires for connection, for longing, for for emotional connection. Well, I guess for intellectual connection with okay. beings, and the only beings he's got are these apes. I guess.
0: I guess that's a valid. Would point. you
2: call this like going native? Yeah, you familiar with that term yeah. from colonial era? Yeah. Oh, he went native. He's like married a, a married a pygmy woman in the jungle. Yeah, you know, not that we're saying anything bad about no. pygmies
0: Pigmies. or women or, pygmies. The or the jungle. We love the jungle. Well, actually, I, ha- I hadn't thought about that. But and yeah, I film, guess you're right. In the film, so they there's...
2: do kiss and they do have some moments of connection that yeah. go beyond a- human to yeah. animal. And think about humans with their dogs. You guys are both dog lovers. Yeah. Not that kind of dog yeah. lover. <laughs> Stunned silence. <laughs> Would I reveal some dark secret about you guys? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but you know, I'm not as much of a dog lover. Yeah, and it's, it's oh, you you haven't tried it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, think about you're easier guys to guys. train than children. Right? You trust guys me. We both had lost animals lately, and you both. Who said that? I, I've been very respectful of your uh, grief. Although when my dog had died, my grief was very shallow. You had a dog, yeah, Fritzy. It bit my sister's lip. Maybe that's why. It, oh yeah. But and then you poisoned. But still, it. And death for me is less traumatic in general than I found with my father's passing too. It's, it's expected thing in life and expected. And I, you know, I have a belief system I know where we're going, where some of us are going. And you know, I'm just. It's just. It's yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying about grief. Yes. And so. My grief is not as deep as I thought it would be in my lifetime. Death does not shock me in any way. I expect it at any moment, kind of. We talk about it a lot in my family, but then to have pets, to be at that level, I, and you know, you guys say it's, it was like a family member. Yeah. And that helps me to comprehend, oh, okay, this is more serious than, you know, I shouldn't expect. Oh, that, well, sorry to hear that. Let's go out, let's go to a movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we're grieving, Dave. What? It was a dog. Yeah. How can you be grieving? So there's a, a connection between you as hu- humans.
0: Yeah, that's a, well, that's a good animals. point. That's a good point.
2: I I'd like to rebuff that, but I don't know how.
1: <laughs> um, I can only say that it gets to me when it's sudden. But that's because of a family situation as well. My father passed suddenly. If. One of my pets passes suddenly, it hits me a lot harder than when I expected oh, you have it. time yeah. to right. and I have process, time to go and do brief. something like' I've, but, I've had two dogs put to sleep
2: but your connection with the animals is very strong yes and that's my point between Zira and Taylor yeah. Ulysses
0: okay that's a good point
2: yeah I, I, I actually didn't look at it that way but that
0: that adds an, yet another layer of of thought to this book. Which is a thoughtful book. It is a thoughtful it book. It really is. And the language, and even the translation, is very well done, I think. Uh, and actually, I listened to part of this on an audio book, and it was very well done. Oh. And very beautiful to listen
2: to Oh, when it's well read. Must make my readings sound No, pathetic. your readings, <laughs> no.
0: I'm not going to say that. Your readings are quite good. Too. We can up our game, though, probably. Yeah. Uh, no. Ulysses is... Really working with Zira. He's learning the culture. And they come up with a plan. Zira eventually introduces him to Cornelius, her fiancé, who's quite a bright chimpanzee. And they come up with this idea for Ulysses to give the speech. Give a speech. He's going to be brought forth in front of the council as an interesting specimen. Mm hmm. Dr. Zayas is actually going to bring him out as just an interesting specimen, but he's going to take that opportunity to have this speech and That's address be the whole council. A really cool speech, man. Yeah. It's going to be drop dead, like drop the microphone, sort of. It's going to kick. It's
2: going to knock you out. Yeah.
1: It's going to introduce him to this man about town. Yeah. <laughs>
2: dude who can really talk well yep. and say things that are going to win you to his side. Right. The consummate politician. Yes. And it sounded like this. Illustrious president, noble gorillas, learned orangutans, wise chimpanzees, O apes, I, a man, beg leave to address you. I know my appearance is grotesque, my figure repulsive, my features bestial, my smell sickening, the color of my skin disgusting. I know the sight of this ridiculous body of mine offends you, but I also know I am addressing the wisest and most learned apes of all whose minds are capable of rising above mere sensory impressions, and of perceiving the essential substance of a being, apart from his wretched material exterior. The pompous humility of this opening had been suggested by Zira. Listen to me, O apes, for I can talk, and not, I assure you, like a mechanical toy or a parrot. I can think, I can talk, I can understand what you say, just as well as what I say myself. Presently, If your lordships disdain to question me, I shall deem it an honor to reply to your questions to the best of my ability. But first, I should like to reveal this astounding truth to you. Not only am I a rational creature, not only does a mind paradoxically inhabit this human body, but I come from a distant planet, from earth, that earth on which, by a whim of nature that has still to be explained, it is men who are repositories of wisdom and reason. I beg permission to point out the place of my origin not of course for the benefit of the illustrious doctors whom I see all around me but for those of my audience who perhaps are not so well acquainted with the various stellar systems thus on earth the intellect is embodied in the human race this is a fact that i can do nothing about it whereas the apes and since discovering your world i am deeply upset about this whereas the apes have remained in a state of savagery it is the men who have evolved It is in man's cranium that the brain has developed and flourished. It is man who invented language, discovered fire, made use of tools. It is man who settled my planet and changed its face. Man, in fact, who established a civilization so refined that in many respects, O apes, it resembles your own. This is what I wanted to tell you, O apes. It is up to you now to decide whether I should be treated like an animal and end my days in a cage after such astonishing adventures. It remains for me to say that I voyaged here without any hostile intent, inspired solely by the spirit of discovery. Since I've come to know you, I find you extraordinarily congenial, and I admire you with all my heart. This, then, is the plan I suggest to the great minds of this planet. I can certainly be useful to you by virtue of my earthly knowledge. For my part, I've learned more things during a few months' captivity among you than in all my previous existence. Let us unite our efforts. Let us establish contacts with the earth. Let us march forward, hand in hand, apes and men together, and no power, no secret of the cosmos, will be able to resist us. I stopped speaking, exhausted, in total silence. I turned automatically to the president's table, picked up a glass of water standing there, and drained it in a gulp. Like the act of clapping my hands together, the simple gesture produced an amazing effect, and was the signal for an absolute uproar. The whole hall spontaneously gave vent to him enthusiastic outbursts that no pen could ever describe. I knew I had won over my audience, but I would never have thought it possible for any assembly in the world to break into such commotion. I was deafened by it, retaining just enough composure to observe one of the reasons for this fantastic din. Apes, who are exuberant by nature, clap with all four hands when they are pleased. I was thus surrounded by a seething mass of frantic creatures, balancing on their rumps and waving their forewings in a frenzy of applause, punctuated by wild yells in which the gorilla's deep voices predominated.
0: And uh, so that's great. As a result of that speech, he sort of wins over the council he, and yeah, wins yeah. his, his right. Yeah.
2: They recognize him as a sentient being. And he calls for, even he admits humans are smart in his world, and he calls for human and, and Simeon working together for a brighter future. Yes. Is that a Cold War thing or something? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or am I reading into that?
0: I don't know. Uh, I think a good writer would never say that uh, you're wrong. If you want to read into stuff, into his books,
2: go ahead. As long as it's not, I didn't see, as long as I didn't see, like, a happy little elephants dancing with bunnies. And yes.
1: Did they use, in the book, did they use the humans as... Um, beast labor?
0: No. No. They used them more for experimentation. Yes. Heavily.
1: Okay. And, like heavily.
0: And not as pets either. Uh, no. No. They were constantly using them for experimentation and for more knowledge about themselves.
2: So like, they were really very interested in themselves. Basic ana-
1: mm-hmm. anatomy and. Yes. Neurology and that kind of thing. Which I think
2: was our human experience with our animal studies at one point. Yeah. Like when Goodall started doing the In the Shadow of Man about the apes, she took it to a different level than previous scientific studies. Right. Because they were more about us. How can we use the animals to learn about us rather than learn about them? Right. Yes.
0: And so they, um, they take Ulysses through some of their... I thought this was pretty gross. Really, they take Ulysses through some of their testing facilities, and they show them what they're doing. The apes are still using humans, really, totally for their own devices. Devices.
2: Yeah. Now he does meet Professor Intel. Did we skip that part? No, we didn't. Well, we didn't skip it, but yes. And Intel is just become an animal. Yeah. But they didn't say they worked. They operated on his brain. But Sarah no, they alluded didn't. to that earlier. Yeah, I think Antel just went animalistic from shock. Is yes. that the impression you got, mm-hmm. Jeff? That's, that's the impression I got. Yeah. And so he...
0: And that was... I thought that was hilarious. Because they're... Hilarious. Way at the end of the book, Ulysses is thinking back. This is way at the end. He's thinking back and he's thinking, oh. and what about Dr. Antel? Ah, eh, to hell with him.
2: <laughs> so that's a what, <laughs> that's what what's up with, with that What's that up with
0: that? To hell with him. He's, you know, he's... That's his, those are his exact words. To hell was with him. Was it really? Yes. I missed that part. But yeah. then he goes to find him. No, this is even after that. I think after he got back to Earth. He thought he thought, he said, Oh, oh, oh what about Dr. Oh, okay, Angel. okay. Eh, to hell with him.
2: Yeah, because when he tur- meets he him. He turned into a nutcase. What the heck? He meets him. He's talking to him. He's <laughs> trying to say, Hey, look, it's me. It's me, remember? And then Antel just in front of me without moving his lips. while well, my heart went numb with horror. Professor Antel gave a... Vent to a long drawn out howl. Yeah, yeah. And I thought we should make that one of the audio clips, but that was kind of cool. And then here, so, it,
0: this is the part I was thinking about. Now, so I'm jumping ahead here. Uh, he says, "What about prof- Professor Antel? To hell with the professor! I could no longer do anything for him because he's an and animal. And he was. Imp- he has apparently found a satisfactory solution to the problem of existence, <laughs> which was become an animal. Yeah, yeah. To hell with him." <laughs> Thought, okay, wow. you're
2: right. That's a little. What's that, up with that? M-
0: but maybe that was a little bit of a translation issue. I don't
2: know. I'll, I'll give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt on that. So near the end, though, they he's, they reveal how the planet began. Yes, which is really the film Conquest for the Planet of the Apes. I again, I'm reading this, going, oh my gosh, the whole series. Yeah, follows this real well. Comes from this. Yeah, it doesn't it? Doesn't have the um, Cornelius and Zira go back to Earth. And then have birth to a right. Caesar, but it has the apes as slaves to the humans, yes, but they're doing this weird thing where they well he puts electrodes to the humans in the scientific room. The chimpanzee scientist says, "Look what we discovered if we put these electrodes to their head or something right, yeah Jeff, it was um they start to talk, right, they conjure the memories of humans from past thousands of years, yes, which was kind of bizarre weird and I, I, yeah I, I had to take another leap of. Faith, there, which, big uh, one. That just doesn't jive with any science we have yeah. today. Yeah. Somehow they had so conjured up these ancient They get regressive memory activation, exactly yeah. like thousands of years. Wow. So face. if I stuck them on you, you would start talking about the cave paintings you made at, at the, you know, caves. And well,
1: I was never a good artist,
0: so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, he was a mathematician. You're not paying attention, Dave. He was a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. So then it's it's revealed that this planet of apes was actually originally a planet of humans that had
2: used apes as helpers. Right. Tried to bring them into their lives. Right. Um, Then this voice speaks from this human who's hooked up to these electrodes. These apes, all these apes have been carelessly multiplying, although it looked as though their species was bound to die out at a certain period. If this goes on, they will outnumber us, and that's not all. They're becoming arrogant. They look us straight in the eye. We've been wrong to tame them and grant those whom we use as servants, an amount of liberty. There you go. That's Conquest yeah. for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That's that whole that's, film. That's right. Which I forgot was even in this book.
0: And it goes, it, it speaks to the second movie of the most recent reboot, where we see yes. w- w- what it is, how the Planet of the Apes came about, which was where humans were doing this experimentation on apes. To make you know,
2: them ostensibly
0: smarter. to to... to Find a way to find a cure for alzheimer's oh, that was it. and to make the apes smarter, and it kind of backfired on them-huh
2: and I the apes became really smart, and the humans digressed, which is happening to me as I turn fifty five yeah me too but and then the next part this woman paused and then hooked up to the electrodes and went on. It's happened one of them succeeded in talking, it's certain. I read about it in woman's journal, there's a photograph of him too. he's a chimpanzee, yeah, and then Cornelius says. Oh a chimpanzee the first, just as I thought. <laughs> There's yeah. your chimpanzee racism on the gorillas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there they go. So they're taking off as conquering the earth. And so
0: then Ulysses uh fortunately gets the opportunity to escape from the planet. Zira tells him about a upcoming mission to shoot an shoot a human into space. Just the way we sh- oh, the way we so shot it wasn't chimpanzees, like they, they chimpanzees and dogs
1: and
2: stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, wow. didn't, they didn't go back and find his um old rocket ship.
0: No, they didn't find his old rocket ship. Which was launch in the had movie been destroyed. series, right? They didn't. There was no Statue of Liberty thing. They just said, hey, "We're going to send you back up into orbit. You can get on your ship and you can go
2: back back to Earth." Which he then does, and how does he find out? What's the surprise ending here? They land. They leave the spaceship. Right? Is Nova with him? Yes. Nova's with him, and they his have a child. Son? They have a yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, named Hector. Uh, after the Sir- age.
0: <laughs> Sirius. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Named after the star. Sirius. No, are you serious? Yes, I'm. Yes, yes, I am. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm not serious. He was serious, <laughs> but not black. <laughs> he because may not If be. you're serious black, serious, black, then you're yeah, from Harry yeah, Potter. Deal. <laughs> not that we have anything against people that
2: are. Serious black, and he comes out of the ship, and a truck is stopping up to help them. Right, and as he's they been come gone out, for eight hundred years
0: or something, yeah.
2: Nova utters a scream, snatches my son from me, rushes back with him to the launch, while I remain rooted to the spot, unable to move a muscle or utter a sound. He is a gorilla, right? Who? So Ulysses you it,
0: went back to the plan- went back to Earth, when and Earth space was
2: landed again on Earth. And Earth was populated by gorillas. So instead of the Statue of Liberty saying it's Earth, it's just he's back yeah. on Earth and now he knows it's a gorilla, that yeah. he was on Earth the whole time. No nuclear destruction. And then it
0: wraps back a very short final paragraph of Phyllis and Jin, who were at the beginning of the book. On their little honeymoon space on their travel. honeymoon thing, who had found this message in the bottle. This whole story was a message in the bottle. And it's revealed that Phyllis and Jin are, in fact,
2: chimpanzees. Yes, and that must have been wow. a really big bottle to fit all this in it.
0: Yeah, or very small writing, just very,
2: very tiny writing.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot you know, going 100, on.
2: 172 there. pages. Much better book than I remembered as a youth. Yeah. Often I read these classic books like Frankenstein, being much too young because I was inspired by the movies. Classic comics? No, no, no. no. Book novel. <laughs> Frankenstein's difficult.
0: It's a tough read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, not a tough read. Well, but it's, it is when you're 10. A, it, yes, when you're 10. you watch the movie on yeah. creature features. You
2: yeah, know.
0: So. yeah. remember Sven Gulli? Uh-huh. A friend of mine went to see Sven Gulli the other day. He was... he was
1: In Elgin or Volo? He was in Volo. Yeah. Illinois. <laughs> at the Auto Museum.
2: Yeah, at the Auto <laughs> Museum. They. I there. watch him every week. Yeah.
1: Bridget got his autograph.
2: I have an autograph picture from him that a friend at work at... Got for me. Yeah, who knew he, he him? Come, yeah.
1: He came out to Ribfest in Lake in the Hills.
2: Yeah, so we need to get into our classic uh, Universal horror films, don't we, Dennis? At some point on the oh, show, yeah, yeah, it's coming up. So.
1: Anytime you want, I'll loan you the movies.
2: I got them on yeah. DVD. Well, loan them to me.
0: So that was Planet no of the Apes, the book. Or Monkey enjoyed Planet. it, and we recommend it. Would you say?
2: I would say it's, it's a quick yeah.
0: read. Yeah, it's a quick yeah. read. It's I'll it's
2: do it. Interesting, <laughs> and it's worth it. <laughs>
0: Well that wraps up another episode of Spine and Sprocket.
2: Next time we'll get back to the military topics. Yes, coming Perhaps. up we've got uh, blah 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 coming September up September Hope, which, September Hope coming the Market up. and
0: the Bridge uh, Bridge Too Far, the, the matching movie a Bridge Too Far. So, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye Dennis. Spine and Sprocket.